This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, whoa, you never watched Scream? Or you never saw Hellraiser? Or how have you not seen Pi? Welcome back, everyone, to How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week one of us brings one of our favorite movies the other one hasn't seen. We talk about it. And we watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. Oh, it's going to be so weird. All right. So, Caroline. Yes. Spooky season. It's done. It's in the past. Correct. We're we're done with it. No more scares. No more no more ghasts. No more ghouls. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, for the rest of the year, it's just it's just um, turkeys and turkeys and Christmas trees. I excuse you. Thanksgiving doesn't exist. The month of November doesn't exist. It is it is Christmas time. No, I mean you're. I mean you're right. I mean I, I don't mean to be old woman shakes <laughs> shakes fist at cloud, but fucking like. At time of recording, it is not yet Halloween. And I walked into Target with my partner like almost a week ago and all their Christmas shit was out. And we were just like, okay. I had the same this thing. Fine. I had the same thing. And I think I did literally shake my fist in okay. protest. I not think I get, went, Ugh. Not to be so off topic so soon. Yeah. But my rule of thumb, this is my rule of thumb, is um, on Thanksgiving, when I am prepping dinner, when I'm cooking dinner, that is when I begin listening to Christmas carols. It is that day. It is it is Thanksgiving, and I'm going to be standing in the kitchen for several hours making food, put on, like, you know, Spotify's greatest Christmas songs of all time playlist. You say, give me Mariah, the time is now. Spirits yeah. up, it's on tonight, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Correct. Yeah. No, that's, that's when I start. You know, and I, I even, and I realize that this is me being an old man. I am a bit more limited. I'm a like two weeks before Christmas. That's when I really start getting into the spirit. But, you know, I recognize post Thanksgiving. I think that that's a perfectly yeah. reasonable, but this before. Well, there's no Thanksgiving music and you have to stand around no for hours on Thanksgiving. You know what Thanksgiving music is? Just fucking put on whatever you like, you know, just, just. <laughs> Yeah. Put on that album you've been meaning to listen to and you haven't. Oh, see, um, if if anything, Thanksgiving music is like whatever like the oldest uncle in your family would listen this to. This is I also like. this is also accurate. All right. That being said, so back before we made the decision last year that because I am not a horror person, that Caroline would just handle all of October, that she'd bring she'd bring the scares. Um, but before that, on a previous incarnation of this podcast. I would have to desperately try and figure out some movies that lightly were sort of horrific and scary that Caroline had not seen, which just resulted in me just kind of bringing like a genre of movie I like to call like stuff I watched with my friends in high school that we would just sit there and go like, whoa, so mind bent, like yeah. crazy, you know? Like if Rick and Morty wasn't funny. <laughs> yes, like... yes, if Rick and Morty was scary. Um, and in the spirit of keeping that alive, post-Halloween, I have brought a movie that I think fits perfectly into that genre, something that I did watch with my friends in high school, and then we sat around going like, whoa, that's crazy, man. Um, Darren Aronofsky's, I believe his first 
feature pie. So, Caroline, how have you not seen? This is not a very good question because I feel like a lot of people haven't seen pie. But uh, have you not seen pie? Um, yeah, I mean, I've never been a huge, I, I don't dislike Aronofsky. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Every film I've seen by Aronofsky, I actually really, I've actually liked for the most part. Um, I've just never been like an acolyte of Aronofsky. Like he is one of those filmmakers that I think is very talented and very interesting, but he's not the kind of filmmaker that like, you know, I watched Black Swan for the first time and I was like, oh my God, I need to see everything this guy's ever done. Yeah. Oh, um, and especially too, I think like I saw Requiem for a Dream rather early. Like I saw Requiem for a Dream in high school. Yeah, same. Because, you know, and and it was one of those films that like, you know, everybody knew about. It was one of those films. It's like, it's so fucked up, man. Like, it's so crazy. Like, ass to ass, man. Yeah. yeah, and, like, yeah. I didn't even know that part. I just knew that like the reputation of the film was like, oh, that movie's so fucked up. You have to be crazy to finish it. And then I watched it. And I was like, oh, shit, that movie's like super fucked up. But it's like a it's like, you know, I, it's very much the like the high school kid, like thinking the characters in Fight Club are cool kind of mm -hmm. thing. Like the reputation is that like Fight Club is like this cool, badass, like speak truth to power movie when in fact it is the opposite, the exact opposite of that. Yeah. It was the same thing, like the reputation for Requiem for a Dream is that it was like this crazy fucked up movie that like. You know, a very American psycho in, in, in that, uh, to that regard, too, is like, it's this crazy fucked up movie that's just like so twisted. And like, then you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up. But like, it's a it's a metaphor for addiction, yeah. not even a metaphor for addiction, like a parable about addiction. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not like the psycho man. But anyway, so like, I. Excuse I, you. Darren Aronofsky does not know what a metaphor is. Excuse <laughs> you. Like, but so I watched Requiem for a Dream in high school. And I remember like to, to, to this day my review of the film is still like it's the best movie i never want to watch again yeah <laughs> like yeah. it it was it was fantastic and i i i really really loved it but it was obviously a very disturbing uncomfortable film yeah. so um you know i've since seen black swan which i've seen several times and have enjoyed i i saw mother when it was in the theater and actually thought it was rather good um, i'm also on record as being a defender of mother which is yes. how it's written mother yeah, yes. yeah. Um, yeah. But I've 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 just never been like an Aronofsky acolyte. Like I I've 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 never seen Noah, which we will uh, on this podcast. Carol Carson, we have this conversation like three times a year. Do I just forget? <laughs> yeah. Because I was literally about to say, well, Noah's see, I mean, maybe unpopular opinion, but I think Noah's his best film, like by a country mile. Yeah, you love Noah. I love Noah. I own it on Blu-ray. Well, fuck me up next season. We're yeah. doing fucking Noah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I've, I've I've never seen the wrestler. I've never seen that's, the wrestler. That's the one I haven't seen. Is the wrestler. So that's how I've not seen Pie. All right, cool. Is Fantastic. I know of it. I, every time I look through like a list of like you know, you know, I think I'm sure this is on the IMDb. I'm pretty sure this is on the like the IMDb top two fifty. But even if it's not, when I look on like crowdsourced lists of things like that from film nerds, like this is always there, and I've just never seen it. Very cool. What do you know? about pie oh so very little yeah, yeah. established it's an aronofsky yeah. film yes. um i would assume it is about a troubled mathematician who likely is over the course of a feature film driven mad by trying to unravel the secrets of something and either it's the secret of pie or he is using pie to solve math conundrums and is driven mad by doing math 
That is a very good guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that pretty much it? That's, uh, I mean, you're missing like one major element, which I will say is basically just the other major theme that Darren Aronofsky is grappling with throughout the course of his career. Um, can you guess what it is? What's the other thing that Darren Aronofsky is interested in? Um, career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the idea of like doing a thing with you, I don't know, like yeah, I was leading like towards success at your job. Yeah, and like, well, I was I was leading towards religion. That's the other thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, if that is all you know, let's let's go to our game for the week, shall we? Let us do it. Let us let's do it. do it. All right. So, Caroline, this week we are going to be playing a favorite of ours, Rotten Tomatoes. Price is right. Hell yeah. Uh, for those of you at home who want to play along or do not know how this game works, it is very simple. We I have chosen three films. One of them being the film we're talking about this week. Um, neither of us know what the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter score are for those three films. And Caroline and I are both going to take a guess closest to the actual score on the tomato meter without going over uh, wins two out of yes. three. Because yes. as we all know, if you like anything more than the average person, you're a you're a you're a yeah. loser. Yeah, you're a try hard loser who gets yeah. mocked on the internet. Yeah, go back to. It's way cooler to dislike something more than the average person. Go back to film school, nerd. Um, all right, so Caroline, starting with the film we were discussing this week, Pi. Jesus, I, I, I have no idea. I don't either. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say a respectable 70, 78. All right. Say a respectable 78, because I think Aronofsky is a very good filmmaker. I think, you know, I mean, this is a very early film in his career. If it was bad, yeah, it would not have, um, you know, if it was bad, he probably wouldn't have gotten, you know, second, third chances to make more films. So I, I'm assuming it's at least halfway decently critically reviewed, but I also know for like small, weird indie features, you know, yeah, uh, there's there's some people some people might hate that, and there's probably not a terribly ton of reviews out there for it. So I agree, and like I don't think that Aronofsky is a ever been like a critical darling, like other than like what Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan and Mother, I believe, was pretty well reviewed. Oh, I don't. I mean, I thought it was kind of mixed. Didn't some people just like hate I think, Mother? I think the thing with Mother, if I remember correctly, I believe critically, I think it was one of those films where it's like critics were like, ah, yes, like what a, yeah. what like a, a very technically competent piece of art that tells a story with an emotional journey that is insane. And I think a lot of people were like, they ate a baby. Ah, like I love down. it when they ate the baby. That's a crazy scene. Oh, also, uh, yeah, hot take, uh, hot scary. take. You ready? You ready for this is my other hot take opinion about mother. Are you ready for it? Yeah. What up? Jennifer Lawrence's best performance by a lot. Oh, I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's great. I think it's a great Michelle Pfeiffer. I think it's a great Javier Bardem. I think it's a great it's Ed a Harris. Good, it's a great Ed Harris. It's Ed a great really Ed Harris. good in that movie. Oh, um, Phipps. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to go with 85. Okay. I think it's, I, I'm, I'm going based off entirely. I just think that there are fewer reviews and this movie is super fucking obtuse. So I don't think it's a in the nineties, but 85. All right. Next movie. Pi, comma, life of. That's right. It's, <laughs> it's it's Ang Lee's Life of Pi. Oh, see, this is another one. That this I is another one no that's going to be hard to pin down because like my, so my thing with yeah. Life of Pi is I remember seeing it 
And I remember very much enjoying it. I remember it was 2012 and it, and that was one of my first years, like really, really like, you know, that was, uh, it was my freshman year of college. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was my first year of being like, no, like I care about the Oscars. Like I want to see all the shit. Yeah. So I remember watching life of Pi. I would go, God, I was such a fucking dweeb. I would go into the lounge in our dorm in our dorm building that um, had like the really nice big TV. And I would go at like off hours at like 10 o'clock on like a Tuesday night when nobody was in there anymore. And I would like commandeer the TV and like watch all the Oscars films on like a 55 inch HGTV, which like at the time I did not have. And I remember watching this movie the same week I watched like all the other Oscar films. And I remember being like, that was really good. Not my favorite, not going to win best picture, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but this one was like weirdly divisive because I think people were dumb and were like, there's too much CGI. It looks bad. And this movie actually looks really good. Yeah, it's very painterly. It's very unreal. I have not seen Life of Pi. Oh, interesting. And can I tell you why? Because you said that 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 tiger is not Spider-Man's dad. That's slander. I'm not watching this film. Yeah, that's it. That's what I said. Uh, that is not Richard Parker. No, I no, I have this thing in my head where I'm like, because I fucking love Ang Lee. Like, Ang Lee is one of my yeah, favorite Yeah, you do. Yeah, you really, really do. This is one of the few Ang Lee's I haven't seen. Um, it's like this and fucking, uh, uh, what do you call it? Woodstock, which I've heard is just terrible. Mm. Um, but I have this thing in my brain where I'm like, look, I because and I'm into dumb religious metaphors and mystic shit and like all that so like my thought is like look i'm gonna watch life of pi and i'm going to be like life of pi's biggest stan like i'm going to be the absolute biggest life of pi defender in the world and i'm worried that i'm gonna watch it and i'm not gonna be that and like that like (laughs) hypothetical part of my personality is just gonna go out the window no i think i think you would like it i think you would like it i think it's i think it's very tastefully and very like yeah. nicely done i think he would enjoy it um and it's also like an interesting movie in because it's like the death knell of modern cgi houses like you yeah know, and like and like 3d it, yeah. like this mm-hmm. is one of the last like one of the last big like uh we are like making this movie in 3d mm-hmm. that i can recall um and i'm sure there were more after it but i just feel like you know, Avatar was 2009, this was 2012. Yeah. And I just kind of feel like after that, you get the Marvel films that are like post-converted to CG oh, or to 3D. And still are. Like, you will go to a theater and it'll be like, and I remember when I saw Endgame, there was like two showings in 3D. And I was like, why? Like, yeah. Who's going to see those? Speaking of um, which, recently recently saw Avatar in 3D. Mm. And they gave me the Oh, poster. hell yeah. That's they gave cool me the poster. poster. Um, and, uh, which has just been sitting on my desk for three weeks. Cause I don't know yeah. what I'm supposed to do with an avatar. <laughs> and, and, um, it looks great. Anyway, this is all to say that like, I think life of Pi is one that is probably higher than I expect because I think the critical, the critical consensus from the time was actually mm-hmm. pretty good, but people just kind of like disregarded it. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 88. For life of pi Ooh, i'm gonna try and play it safe and i'm gonna undercut you a little bit and say 80 80, 80. okay yeah okay yeah i think that's fair all right uh third film american pie no that would have been a good one but <laughs> okay, I didn't do that. okay no i went in a much more lateral direction are you ready yes waitress <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Which what does waitress have to do with pie? Oh, because, because pie. Okay, great. Great. Which everyone could see great. the face that Caroline just made. Sorry, I was thinking like, I was like, I was like Darren Aronofsky. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, is this a handoff? Like, what is life of pie? Yeah. Like, did Ang Lee have something to do with waitress? But then as soon as I said, what does waitress have to do with pie? pie. It clicked in my brain. Yeah. Can I, can I give a confession? Yeah. I've never seen Waitress. Oh, maybe we're going to do Waitress next year, too. I think that'd be great. Um, Waitress is great. Uh, the musical is also very good. Yes, I, saw the mu- listened- I saw the musical like three months ago, and it's so good. Yes, you went with your yeah. mom, right? I did. That's I so did. Which, sweet. Let me tell you, that musical, I mean, that movie, too. My mom loves it. You know why? Because it's about my mom. <laughs> it's about <laughs> her life. Um, I think waitress everyone i know loves it yeah so let's let us say waitress is an 85 okay see i'm gonna do the opposite i'm gonna go a little i mean it's it's a little sundance darling i don't think there's a ton of reviews but also i don't know how someone would watch race like watch waitress and just be like binary score no uh so i'm gonna say 93 93 okay 93 all right well uh so we're gonna come back to this after we watch the movie see who is one for the week uh caroline are you ready to go watch pie i guess i am i'm very fascinated i have not seen this since senior year of high school so i am really excited to return to it and see what i think yeah all right well let's get to it folks we're gonna go watch the movie we'll see you in a minute going crazy with math with math with math or for math because of math because of god in math because of god's math because of the math of the god's of god. special math okay uh so first off caroline yes just real quick what'd you think here's my take mm. um i think this movie is very good Mm-hmm. I think this movie is a very 90s, very Gen X, very um, film school kind of kind of yeah. movie. And I don't mean any of those things in a bad way, because guess what? All of those things are things that exist and all of those mm-hmm. things are reasons to and reasons for making art. Yeah. Uh, so like I'm I'm interested to see where this conversation goes, because I think. I think that this film is a little bit better than your standard, like angry Gen X or descent into madness movie, because I think it's got a little more on its mind. And I think that there are specific things that I'll get into about like why I think this is a little bit better and perhaps more considered than your average one of those. But I still think it is one of those. And I think that it is this film, very clearly a film by Aronofsky. I think it's very interesting that it's like, it's, it is his first feature and like so much of the stuff he will like revisit and continue to like examine is like present within this film. But it's very clearly an Aronofsky film and it's also very clearly his first film. Yeah. And so I think that that's cool. Like his first feature film, like he like he has, he had done several like yeah. shorts, like 20 to 30 minute films, but. Do you want to hear my take? Yes. Uh, much like 
pie uh, too long. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like my thought watching it this time, and I, I said in the first half, I've not seen this movie for quite since high school. It's It's been quite a minute there. Yes. I forgot long bits of it. Uh, but I, I was like, damn, if this was a, and it's a weird thing to say about like an 85 minute film, but if like, if this was like a 65 minute movie, fuck, it would slap. Like it yeah. would go, it'd be so tight. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was going to say, I agree. It definitely like, it definitely, I wouldn't even say drags in some points, but there are definitely some points that like, kind of, like I said, it, it's, it's a, a very early feature because you can just kind of tell, like, you can tell how fucking like cool and interesting they think a lot of these sequences are, which like gives yeah. it some charm for a film that is very bleak and upsetting there is a lot of charm because you can feel that first feature kind of like, fuck yeah, we get to make a movie. Like we're yeah, making a yeah. fucking movie. Like I've got shit to say and I'm putting it in a movie. And like, yeah. you, can, you can feel that in ways that like cinematically maybe aren't super all of the time compelling for, for like a general audience, but for, for, for movie geeks like us, like you can kind of, you can feel that. Before we get any further, we mm. do have a game to return to. All right. So with our game, uh, we did Rotten Tomatoes Prices, right? First movie was, of course, the movie we're discussing today. That is Pi. I said 85. Caroline said 78. And the Rotten Tomatoes score for Pi is 88. Nice. So that first one, bam, bam, that's a win for me. Yeah, that was that was a pretty low guess on my part. I will, yeah. I will give that. Having having watched the movie as soon as you said that I gave it in the 70s, I was like, oh, I'm wrong, I'm losing. Mm. Critics' consensus, dramatically gripping and frighteningly smart, this Lynchian thriller does wonders with its unlikely subject and shoestring budget. Yeah, True. I guess that's, is this film Lynchian? In, in parts, at times. I think I was thinking way more, and I mean, they're more contemporaries than him and Lynch, but I was thinking way more like early 90s Fincher than I was. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. I, I think, I don't know that I'd call this Lynchian, but whatever. Mm. At times. I think, uh, I think they would get a lot less into what real life scientific terms mean and more. There's a brain in my sink that I'm going to poke. <laughs> I think, I think if it was Lynchian, like you would, you would, you would, I think that the difference between Lynch and Aronofsky is Aronofsky really turns up the actual real world science and math and turns down the brain in the sink slider. Yeah. And I think if you have, if David Lynch is doing it, I think he reverses those two sliders. He's like, yeah, we'll reference real math, but there's a brain in the sink. I think the brain in the sink talks. I think um, there is an entire 15 minute sequence that's just the young girl that he speaks to where we just kind of focus on her. Uh, that being said, Life of Pi, the next movie we did, I said 80, Caroline said 88, and it is 86. God damn it. Caroline just barely God busted. So I did secure the win this week, but we are going to see what the third one was, and that was uh, Waitress. Fantastic little film. Because of Pi. Because of Pi. I said 93, Caroline said 85, and it is 80. Nine percent. So, Caroline, you at least got one. Okay, great. Because I busted. Uh, interesting that that is the highest has the highest tomato meter score of all these movies. You know why? Because it's the best one. And it's fucking... and it's very sweet and charming. Yeah. Uh, fucking fight me, nerds. Okay, 
So you want to hear, I teased this to you earlier, but you want to hear the one of the notes I wrote down? Yes, I do. Uh, men will literally drive themselves into a state of divine madness trying to deduce the meaning of pie instead of going to therapy. That is very true. I thought was the best joke I could come up with for this movie. Um, I, I, I think it's, I was watching it this time and I do think I kind of liked it less than I remember liking it as a kid in high school. I think well, yeah, largely... the entire time, the entire time I was watching this, I was like, oh my God, I can absolutely see Carson and like the few of your high school friends that I've met yeah. like, sitting on a couch, pulling your hair out, like yeah. going crazy for Just this being movie. like, holy shit, like, he's It's so deep, brain. it's so interesting. Oh, it's so deep, it incredible. Is, it is. Yeah. It's not that it's not those things. It's just like, I think that in the way they in the way that Aronofsky very clearly like given his first feature and you see this with a lot of young filmmakers just like pours every fucking like bit of angst he's ever had in like that he's ever accrued in the however many years he was old when he made this like 25 years that he had been on this earth before making this movie how he pours every ounce of that into this movie I think it really speaks to being 17 and sitting on a couch with your friends and having your mind blown by a super crazy fucked up movie. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like the thing that I appreciate, I I think that kind of makes this movie drag in the middle, which was my take before, but also that I really like about this movie is that it is just such a director's showcase. It is, you kind of alluded to it, but it is Aronofsky just being like, I have $600,000. Let me show you what I can do with it. Yeah. Like check this out. I'm going to build a computer. It's going to be in black and white. Look at all these canted angles. God damn it. Look I'm going to make the camera contrast move. This is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't tell me so... this shit was in black and white. I wouldn't have agreed to it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't watch fucking movies about color. God damn it. What is this? 1948? No, it's st- fucking it starts. I forgot the like the like 90s ass like Fast and the Furious opening credit song. Where yeah, it's no. Just, okay. Like, that fucking. Which that had song me worried. I'll be, be honest. Like, Okay, that yeah. song, I'm actually gonna like look it up because that song has to be like stock music. Like I have absolutely I swear heard to God, I've heard it before. before. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it started and I was like, oh no, you wouldn't steal a car. Like it's, yeah. it's that whole <laughs> feel. Yeah. I was yeah, it started that song. I, I think in retrospect, I think it's like kind of precious because it does evoke, I mean, obviously such a mood, but it evokes a time in American cinema so easily. And, but when it started with that, I got worried. I was like, oh no, is this movie going to be like, I, I don't know. I think the kind of dig you can make at this movie is that it's like, man, look at how deep this thing. Oh, it's so cool. It's so fucking whatever. And I don't think it's that bad, but like that song really makes you think you're about to watch a movie that's taking itself way too seriously. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I I lied. I must have been, I guess I I should have uh, thought, or, you know, I should have I should have known this, that it is not like, free stock music it's just that like people really like the score to this movie and it mm. just went on to become things which makes sense like people have just used this that song a lot because i think i mean for obvious reasons it's yeah you um, wouldn't steal a car yeah. you wouldn't give a computer consciousness yeah it's just very intense and um i get it Great. Okay. So do we want to go through the plot a little bit? Do we want to kind of step through it? Yeah, I guess. Like you were saying, like, oh, I can see people being like, oh, it's so, you know, it it's so intense and it's mm-hmm. so deep and whatnot. And like, I just think this movie is very sad. Yeah. 
Like, I don't yeah. think like, yeah, like I, I, I actually think that I guess it's not not deep, but I think that like I, I alluded to this in the beginning and we can get into this more as we go. But like, I think the thing that sets us apart from most like descent into madness films is I think a lot of like, especially like 90s, 2000s, especially male directors, especially like edgy, intense male directors who make their descent into madness film. Mm -hmm. I think they feel like, oh, I have discovered some truth that is actually driving me mad because I have discovered it and because Mm -hmm. I know this truth about the world. And I watch this film and they're like, no, no truth is discovered. Yeah. Like, no, no, like there's nothing there. Like, it's it's just, it's just all of us like, and that's the sadness of it. And it's like, and it's like, I think that a lesser director and a kind of worse film is like Aronofsky's like, no, I have something very explicit to say that I have discovered. And like, no, it's actually like, no, there's nothing there. Yeah. And that's the sadness of it. Yeah. And, and ultimately it's just Aronofsky riffing on a, on a religious theme, on a very Judaistic theme, which is that to try and understand the divine in a sort of complete sense is, is, is madness is just, you know, completely, you know, it's something that is worth pursuing, but pursuit to the point of obsession is uh, inherently bad. Yeah. No, it make you see brains and sinks. Yeah. Okay. And so makes you see brains and sinks. makes you see brains and sinks, makes you see uh, dudes taking pictures of you makes you pass out on bus. Yeah. does, does lots of bad stuff. Um, so the movie starts it's we get that that sick ass intro and then the um uh the voiceover from max cohen our lead he's a fucking brilliant number theorist uh i forgot that the lead of this movie was a crypto bro who is trying to gain the stock market that is true that is true yeah he is a crypto bro um and he his whole thing is he's just a unemployed dude he thinks that math is the language of the universe, and therefore, if he just does maths good enough, he can game the stock market. I he, I feel like he doesn't really ever... I think it's part of the sadness of the movie that you're mentioning is that, like, you don't really get the sense that there's any larger goal to him gaming the stock market. Like, it's not, it's not like in that opening monologue, he says, oh, I want immense wealth, and I want to be able to you know, I don't know, impress some girl and fucking buy a Porsche. It's like, no, he just thinks it's a thing he can do. And so he's trying to do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, and it's just like a way to make money. You know, it's just like, it's not like, oh... Yeah, it's like, it's like when, I mean, when you're an obsessive like that, and you're like, I feel like I can, like, I if I'm smart enough, I can find a pattern in anything. It's almost like a... Like, well, I can make money this way and mm-hmm. there will be a very clear, like, yes, no, did I do it? Mm-hmm. Um, much less than, yeah, like, I mean, a totally different movie is He Wolf of Wall Street, you know? And it's yeah. like, he flies too close to the sun with the stock market, blah, 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 blah. But no, it's just like, it's very sad that he does it. Like, he does. it's very sad that he just sits alone in his giant computer room and does yeah. it. Given his, given even the talk he has with, so it's early, you get that setup, you get the him talking about looking at the sun when he was a kid, which is just like, is both really clean and pretty good, but also a metaphor that is so fuck. It's like a metaphor so obvious that only Darren Aronofsky would put it in a film. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you get the setup of he lives in an apartment near his former teacher, 
Saul, who uh, ironically, you've been watching Better Call Saul, right? I finished it. Yeah. 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 And he's that... he's he's in Better Call Saul, yeah. and he is a character who very famously has a stroke. Mm-hmm. So I I was thinking all that. I was like, whoa, look at that. He just uh, he doesn't die at the end of this movie. He like leonardo dicaprio and inception he washes up on the beach and it's all one shared timeline yeah that you know the um the beautiful historic famous beaches of new mexico ah yes 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 where the they got tarantulas down there um so yeah he's interacting with saul you get those early scenes where he's oh he's talking about uh he talks about icarus you can almost see you can think of the version of this movie in which it is him deriving the fucking 216 digit god number gives him some kind of benefit like his madness helps him in any way and it never does no like of course yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 presenting an icarus tale in which flying close to the sun just hurts you you know it's it's nothing's good about it so yeah you get that set up he tries to program his computer and he gets that 216 digit number um oh i mean other set we get the woman trying to think all the like stuff that happens in this movie you get the setup of the woman calling him trying to get him on a job for some computer company yes. thing you, get you have the nice in... lady who lives next door yes 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 you get the nice woman you, you get, get uh um, he meets lenny and the lenny uh, yeah. i don't know is it a diner or a bar some kind of i think a yeah. diner because yeah. why else would a it's hard to Jewish see it's hard to see where we are to... in this movie. yeah it's i very... mean that's yeah, yeah very dark and high contrast i mean that's purposeful no of Um, course of course like i like it i'm just saying it's like it's like they're sitting at a bar counter and like i assume probably because it 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 has the vibe of a daytime Mm -hmm. thing it doesn't it doesn't have the vibe of like loud music they're in a bar or like whatever it it feels like they're probably in like a diner or a restaurant or something but it's impossible to kind of tell yeah so he meets lenny that's the whole thing um I, I mean, I, I did, Lenny starts talking about numerology is another thing I wrote down in my notes. You ready for it? Uh, yes. You want to get, you want to get into a serious talk. You want to get into this serious to talk about numerology anymore. You got to be flirting with a bi girl with a nose ring. <laughs> Fucking God. That's pretty good. Also, as one of those, how dare you appropriate culture? <laughs> no, I'm not really good at numerology or anything, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just the whole middle section of the movie is just kind of all of this unfolding is him him kind of piece try or at least trying to piece together what the connection between this number and pi and the torah is and kind of slowly getting that into the same place um he gets that explanation from lenny about the hebrew alphabet about how that's all numerology which do you i I, yeah you don't know anything about numerology i certainly don't know anything about numerology that is a thing that i hear of that i'm like I'm, i'm always curious as to how much of a serious thing that is in like actual real life like Kabbalah circles you know yeah but I don't know I don't know anybody who's like into that I wouldn't know how to ask you know no yeah like there's I, no I, social I, situation which you can just be like so you guys magic numbers do you guys like do that or is that like a <laughs> like what's up with that you know no yeah I, I I really I truly have no idea and that's the thing about this movie is I think it it gives you enough that you're like, okay, this is making sense without like getting so far lost in the weeds that like it's overwhelming or or conversely um, like contradictory and like, yeah, which is like good. I mean, I think that's really important in a movie like this because it's, it doesn't give you enough of what they're going for, for you to start poking holes in their logic. It's just like they they kind of scratch that surface and it's like, oh, this is meaningful. And you're just kind of like, well, I kind of just have to take your word for it because, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But I mean, I think that that's, I mean, that leads to the whole, I mean, you kind of have the three main forces outside of him of like, you know, um, like you have the Jewish guys who are like, this is God, this is religion. Mm-hmm. You have the the Wall Street lady who's like, this is money, this is business. Yeah. And then you kind of have the Saul, the professor, who's just like his professor friend or whatever, who's just like, no, this is bad and this is madness and this is going to drive you insane. Like, this is not knowledge. And yeah. like, you know, you kind of, I don't know, it, it allows you to have all those things without them like really contradicting each other. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you get the, I mean, there is sort of, I mean, if you look at this as a film made by a young, hungry artist, I think you can see the metaphor for the artist in the center of all this. Because as much as, like, there's a lot of math terminology thrown around, that's, I think the actual plot doesn't really hinge on, like, science that hard. It's no, more of just about no. the pursuit. And, like, yeah, yeah I, think, I think given that you have essentially these two opposing power structures that are trying to take the thing that this guy makes and either commodify it or valorize it in a way i i you know i don't know i see i see aronofsky trying to make some early point about art and about being a young artist and about oh, 100%. if you want to try yeah like if you're trying to find any success in this thing at some point you're going to have to take what is in you and what you believe to be inherently in you and sell it out to some power that's larger than yourself yeah. And like, I think given the rest of Aronofsky's filmography, I think clearly he sees, I, I said it in the first half, I mean, he's just so fucking fascinated with religion and, and spirituality and what that all means and like Judaism specifically. And like, I think oftentimes the creative impulse and God are two things which are synecdoche for one another in his films, especially totally. in like Mother and Noah and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I, I see that in there. I think this is more about the idea of obsession generally. But no, I, 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 I mean, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Yeah, there's art in there. Which is, you know, again, maybe a, another thing that separates him from like an early career Nolan where Nolan's like, no, 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 no. There's like, like look at all these rules. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. I know shit. Like, yeah. look, like I'm going to construct all these things and they're going to make sense and I'm going to be able to explain them to you. Like, look at my... Art- yeah, like look at look at my look at my cool string board that has all of yeah. the rules outlined. And Art just, is a game of Tetris, and I can play it only yes, I. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Where like Aronofsky's just like, oh yeah, um, and then he sciences God. Yeah, yeah, just kind of accidentally, and it's a it's a great curse, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then I mean, you just get all the. I, I will say this is my my complaint with the film is I do think that the, there's a middle twenty minutes that are just i don't know i i don't know i there's not much plot development there's not much elucidation of tone going on there are some interesting sequences but i i do think you cut this thing by 15 20 minutes and it's just so much leaner well yeah i I can i can almost feel like i can you can almost feel aronofsky being like look i wrote a 70 minute screenplay i need to get this into sundance so it needs to be feature length like, can we do like, you know, whatever, 15, 20 minutes in the middle that are just kind of almost unwritten sequences of, you know, just visual, you know, visual yeah. descent into madness that I don't think we necessarily need. I think that like you get one too many scenes where Saul's sitting on a chair and being like, you're going crazy. Calm down. Take yeah. a bath. Like, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's to the point where it, it it might almost work better too. I think about this a lot, especially post-COVID. Like, 
obviously a lot of people do the the difference between the experience of watching something in a cinema and watching something on my couch and like yes. it is during a part like this in the movie in which i can so like i just i feel the pull of like look get your phone look at instagram like come on yeah, there, yeah. you know like i feel that like horrible modernistic urge in the back of my brain scratching at me and i need to take a drill to get it out yes self-lobotomy yeah yeah jesus um yeah, but then, I mean, once you kind of get to that last, that last stretch, it is very exciting. I mean, you you get the stock market people grabbing him and that whole fight, and then the explanation of, you know, what's his name? Um, Rabbi Cohen, the other Cohen. Yes. Giving him the whole explanation of what it is they're actually looking for, that they're trying to find the holiest of holies, the true name of God, as represented by numbers. Yes. And if you give yeah. me if you give me your number, we will like fulfill, you know, the the thousands of year old promise of Judaism, which is like, you know, the whole like we can we can actually get closer to the Messiah coming because mm -hmm. we all know that I know that Jesus guy, wasn't it? Yeah, not that guy. No. Yeah. The and no, and I mean, I don't know, like a, a moment that made me chuckle, but mm -hmm. also I'm like, but that is very very smart too but also it made me laugh is when the wall street lady is just like you wouldn't like take our calls you wouldn't play games so we are so like we are forced to result what is it like we are forced we are forced to resort to the laws of nature yeah. survival of the fittest Fitt survival and of the fittest she like declares and I'm like, it and i'm like yo you know like it's kind of it's kind of like a chuckle worthy line yeah and like the actor like plays it fine and like plays it well, but it is also that thing of like, it is a very like smart observation where he spends this entire movie talking about like, there are laws of nature, there are patterns of nature mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's all math, it's all numbers, you can figure it out. Like it's all like this, um, it's all this, you know, it's all this closed system repeating itself, repeating yeah, itself. It's not chaos, then, it's yeah. Yeah, and then, and then the fucking like shitty capitalist who mm -hmm. works on wall street is no there are laws to nature and it's i am a predator and i get to eat you yeah, yeah, yeah. and like and like like no like it's just i don't think aronofsky himself is misled but it is that whole thing of like no survival of the fittest does not mean the strongest person gets to kill whatever it wants mm -hmm. it means you know it's like best fit to the environment is actually yeah. what survival of the fittest means but it has been so co-opted by capitalism to just like borderline you know like fascist almost like might makes mm -hmm. right kind of a yeah kind of an ideology and yeah, like i it's... think it's very it's very fun that you get this hour of the illness like no there are laws to nature there are these laws to nature there are these mm -hmm. things and then suddenly somebody breaks in and it's like my law of nature is this totally other fucking thing and you're just yeah. like damn like yeah. I, I like i really like that moment that's one of the moments that like really sticks out to me in the film for like as obvious as it is still very like compelling to watch which i think is kind of a microcosm of my feelings of this whole film yeah they i you know i think just to speak to that i think a lot of people say survival of the fittest when what they mean is the strong do what they will the weak do what they must you know exactly, like it's, exactly. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, it's, I, it's fascism they take yeah. they take it and it's fascism yeah exactly the fucking they do there are a couple of lines in this movie that are a little just just a little too yeah bad. but i find it really charming it is so that's the thing i'm like if this was if aronofsky directed this fucking next year you know if he, if he submitted this to Khan now 
I'd be like, come on, man, this is sloppy. You're a seasoned filmmaker. But as a first feature, it is just so like he goes to talk to um, I do, I do not remember the name of the character, but the young woman, like the, you know, yeah, like the cute young woman that he kind of speaks to sometimes. And because he's asking, he's like, do you because he's fucking losing his I, I do love just how much this guy is clearly losing his fucking mind. And people are like, oh, hi, you're a normal person. Like, what's going on with you? And he's like losing his fucking mind. He's like, do you have iodine? And she's like, uh, maybe, yeah. Why do you need? He goes, slides. I'm imprinting slides. And what is, uh, she, what is her line? She says, she says ah, I yes, wrote science, it down. The pursuit, ah, of science, the pursuit of knowledge. And I'm like, that's the lamest line of dialogue I've ever heard. It's incredible. I was like, Let, come on, man. You could have cut that one out. Uh, but fucking, And one yeah, thing I, I want to say about her too is like, I think that, I mean, clearly she is like the most one-dimensional character either. Oh yeah. Or like in existence. She is just like, she is a prop that uh, just kind of like displays his like distance from other people mm -hmm. and like where like perhaps maybe a quote unquote normal young man would see the beautiful lady next door and be like, ah, yes, I would like to kiss you instead of <laughs> like, I am dying for science. I need However, science. I need science juice. I do think like one thing that sets Aronofsky apart is kind of what I've been talking about where it's just like, it's like he, he dabbles in all of these cliches of like a first filmmaker and like never falls in like the pitfalls of them is like the lady next door like is a very like young attractive like conventionally like mm -hmm. conventionally pretty woman who lives next door who only serves to be like you know who only kind of serves that purpose however Aronofsky really does show it as like no this is like this is not to show that like he's a dumb weirdo who should be trying to like bang this lady yeah he really is like he's like this like this just shows like how disinterested he is in people yeah and yeah. like she is like first and foremost like not a human in that like oh she has a like a personality and a backstory and like she just represents like oh like this guy just like cannot be bothered to like see human beings that are like right in his like right in his area like he has no interest in interacting with humans yeah not in the least. and i and i and i i appreciated that about the movie because like Yes, she does not exist. She is like, she is not a human mm. being, but like she represents being a human being, not being a pretty lady who she should try to bang. Yeah. And like, I mean, even his relationship with like Saul is incredibly one way. You know, it's, it's, I yeah. never, it, it's tough because you kind of don't get the, you don't get the sense that like Max even really likes him that much or that he gets much out of their talks. It's just kind of a, I don't know. It's just he's the guy that he plays go with and talks about math. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, us talking about this. It. It. I. 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 It, it clicked in my head the the comparison I would make. Uh, that makes me that like shows why I kind of appreciate what Aronofsky is doing here is that in a shittier movie she is the hot neighbor in Joker. Oh, I was literally just thinking about that. Yeah, she's Zazzy Beats and Joker. Yeah, no, yes, I, was, I was thinking that exact same thing. Who, like, in my psychosis, I imagine this clingy lady won't yeah. stop trying to fuck me, even though yeah. all I want to do is comedy. Where it's like, it's like, no, she's just a nice lady who lives next door, and it's like, hey, how you doing? And he goes, math, and he like <laughs> runs into his. Uh, there we go. Iodine, are you hurt? Iodine. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. We figured it out. We solved filmmaking, which is just don't make Joker.
don't make Joker. I mean, that's a pretty good, yeah, that's a pretty good guidepost generally. Yeah, this dude is just such a fucking cipher. Like, he's barely a person, and that's the point. But, like, yeah, I mean, I really like, I think my favorite bit in the movie, my favorite thing that somebody says um, is that when he gets, I was about to say when he gets captured by the Jews, but that's just a weird thing oh to say. Oh, my God. When, yeah. he, when, he, when he gets, you know, when the, you know, when, when But to the be fair, that is that quite is, that literally, is the, what, literally happens. what happens in the plot. But when, you know, but we, it's taken and he speaks to Rabbi Cohen and Cohen gives him the whole, you know, oh, it's about 2000 years ago when the Romans destroyed the temple and they crashed through the holiest of holies. We forgot the true name of God, you know, that whole fight. And like Max makes a very good point, which is like, look, you guys have, you've, you've had thousands of years. You've tr- figured out every string of 216 digit numbers like yeah and you've probably spoke them all and nothing fucking happened so what do you what do you think that means you know which yeah. is like yeah of course i mean i think that is one of the biggest reassurances of what i think the central theme of this movie is is that you know it, it is that it is so concerned with that trying to deduce some something that is truly divine or something that is of grand order to the universe is just ultimately ultimately impossible and maddening and that the pursuit of it is not worth it no of or at least the or at least the pursuit of it to to the point of obsession is not worth it no of course it's just like yeah i mean it, it i mean and it's it's very clear in the way that like he you know it ruins his relationship with with Saul it shows in the way that like he has no interest in the girl next door mm-hmm. like quite literally and it shows in the fact that like you know I, I I think like you hear her having sex through the wall yeah yeah and, and multiple times and it's just like you know it's like he is trapped in this fucking giant computer like like slaving away for like through through nobody's doing but his own and it's just like mm-hmm. like surrounded by just like circuit boards and like little beep boop lights and like not doing anything that it is to be human yeah he's and just, just like, cleaning computer goo and it's just like i mean it's it's cliche and it's like silly but it is just that thing of like you know there's 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 a lot of reasons you know there 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 is a lot to humanity to to point to the fact that like we associate getting laid with the divine you know? <laughs> yeah 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 there's a reason people say oh god there's a reason king princess's song is pussy is god yeah. there's a reason why soul frequently like uh like you know the the depictions of god are like like you know like sexual and or sensual in yeah. in like various cultures across the world like there's a reason why it's very frequently linked with like spirituality mm-hmm. and it's just because like i mean like it's one of the things that makes us a person and it's one of the yeah. things that like really in our bones no pun intended allows us to <laughs> allows us to really relate with other people and leads to a sort of absolution of the self, you know, to a, yeah. a kind of a, a, a literal selflessness, you know, like that's your kind of moment of ecstasy. But he ironically does not, in some ways he is entirely self-obsessed and in others he is completely without self and uh, neither a very healthy thing for a normal person to do. No, correct. You know, as, as, the, as the Buddha might say, there is a middle path there. It's probably a... Bit healthier for an everyday person to be walking down 
And uh, yeah, no, it's it's it is it is just a good movie. I am very happy that it. I, I think you give this thing ten percent more plot, and it kind of ruins it. It gets too correct. If he really takes the sort of um, the plot turning elements of a neo noir to their logical conclusion, I think that this thing becomes unbearable and pretentious. But correct. Given that it is just an hour and a half of. I mean, it's, it's, God, it's, it's almost Lucas. It's almost a tone poem. It's just kind of working on a theme for an hour and a half, you know, both visually and um, literarily. Yes. Uh, and I think, I think that works. I think that basically, again, I think it's too long. I think it would get an additional star and a half in my book if it was like a 60 minute long movie, but it's all effective. It's got some good fucking shots, some good looks in there. Yeah, no, hundred percent. makes and the black I mean... and white work. He does. And I mean, like, in the way that, like, I think in this, you know, I, I'm, this is not the first time we've said this on this podcast, and this is not the first time, like, and those times were not the first per- time anyone said it, but, mm-hmm. like, in the way that, like, I think so much of, like, mainstream cinema right now is kind of, like, kind of not only operating on, but, like, very purposefully um making it so that like you can't feel a lot of authorship mm-hmm. like the important thing is not like oh we have this director making this movie or like oh we have this movie star it's we have this like character like yeah. we have this franchise we have yeah. this like thing that you want to see like it is like like you know we always say like when you can kind of see the filmmaking going on a little bit, when you can kind of see the, you know, when you can kind of see like the the duct tape and shoe leather a little bit, like, yeah. like we're into that. Like you and I are like really into that sort of thing. I, I'm very and, into and that. Yeah. I'm very, so I'm very into this movie in a way that I really was not expecting to be. I am, you just brought up a thing that now I'm, I feel fucking cursed because I have to mention it. Like, yes. I, I don't like it, but like, this is the reason why I the whole James Gunn running DC thing kind of makes me like existentially sad because you want to see James Gunn out there directing whatever movies James I, Gunn I want to see to James Gunn yeah like even if I mean fuck even if he's got to stay in the superhero wheelhouse even if he's got to do stuff like that I would rather we get some like I fucking love the Peacemaker TV show I'd rather we get some weird Suicide Squad spinoff TV show every two years from James Gunn than we do you know every DC movie is 3% James Gunn or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, know, it's, just... it is a, it is um it is a, an unfortunate, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there, there, there are pros and cons to it. I mean, like you let, you yeah. like James Gunn more than I do. Um, I do. I think I like James Gunn more than everyone. Yes. <laughs> than a lot of people. He is very much on my vibe. Like yes. though, yeah. And so the thing that I would say is like, I mean, I think that like the, I think that DC and Warner Brothers is the the things they're going to put out are going to be better because James Gunn is touching all of them. However, I think, yeah, like James Gunn is worse off for it. And I mean, which one's better for the world? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's corporate IP. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But no, but I I, I understand. I don't give a shit, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'd rather I want, you know, as much as uh, as much as we rag on him, as we I, I think rather lovingly, lovingly we like rag on Zack Snyder all the time. Like, 
I appreciate that that guy uses his cachet to just go do other stuff he wants to do. Even if it is like all of his work is basically adaptation. Right. And I gotta say, I mean, like, like we were just talking about, about how mm -hmm. like you really can't see authorship over a lot of this stuff. It's like when Snyder's stuff started coming out for DC, I was like, this is trash like i fucking hate this like this is what dc is gonna be like because like that was the whole marvel thing is yeah yeah, yeah. it's like okay we set this tone like we we kind of we kind of finagled around for a few years and got into um you know and then we we were kind of figuring stuff out for a few years and then we hit winter soldier and it all clicked into place Mm -hmm. and now that we uh established that tone that's what everything's gonna be yeah. And that was ostensibly what DC was doing. So when they established that tone of Snyder, I'm like, Jesus, like, this is what I, this is Batman for the next 15 years. Yeah, and yeah. now that they're kind of like running around with no clue and they're like scrapping everything every three years, I'm kind of like, all right, those Snyder movies, they are bad and I do not like them, but like, yeah, I at least appreciate them. I thought yeah. the Snyder Cup was actually all right. It was four yeah, hours long, I mean, it's, long, it's, it's in terms of, of they made a four hour long Justice League movie that's in fucking Academy aspect ratio. Like, you know, I that's a thing. That's something. It's yeah. it's definitely not nothing. It's definitely yeah. not nothing. I don't know. And I just like because we talk about the fucking MC all the time because you almost have to. And it's you can't not. Level. You can't not. And like I always say it, especially post-Winter Soldier, that like all the MCU movies that like I actually have a genuine fondness for are the ones where you can you can feel some authorship, you can feel like a director or a writer. Or like, I don't know, even a star, even like fucking the first couple Iron Mans, like you just feel RDJ like really pushing at the helm of that thing, you yeah. know, are, are always the movies that work the best, that kind of uh, step out. And like, that's why I love fucking the Guardians movies, because they do just feel like James Gunn wanted to make that shit. And that's why fucking I love Black Panther, because they it feels like a fucking Ryan Coogler movie. It's yeah. why fucking, despite myself, I am excited for Wakanda Forever and Guardians 3. I think Wakanda Forever looks good. It does. It looks really good. That's and like, I mean, like, it. I mean, like from the trailer, it looks like it will be a decent, okay to good movie. Yeah. And also like from the trailer, like visually, yes. it like looks, looks good. good. But again, I've been, I've been hurt. Like, you know. That's true. Love and Thunder so, was bad. So, yes. You know, so back whatever. to this back real to quick. Pie. I have two final questions for yes. you. Yes. Yes. Which is one, what is the number you see all the time? What's the one you see all the time? Me? Oh, no, I have, a, I have an answer for this. Yes. And you're going to know why. What? Uh, 619. Ah, yes, that's I cute. see 619 everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to explain to the listeners what 619 is? Oh, so in our undergrad, uh, the house, which was up until I left it, the like theater house for many years, it was where... A lot of the like uh, the theater kids we would would stay at. Uh, that Caroline lived in the year before me. And we were Corey in same, lived in the year before Corey me. lived in before her. And I think was Corey in our room as well? No, no. Corey had the big bedroom. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like Caroline and I back to back years, like we're in the same bedroom like year to year, was 619. That was the, the house was number. The street number, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one I see um, is uh, it's a time and it's, one, two, three, four. It's 1234. Mm. Because I started making the joke like mm. a year or two ago. Um, because like, you know, eleven eleven, make a wish. One yeah, time yeah, yeah. I just said, Oh, it's one, two, three, four, have a hope. Like, and I say it all the time. Because I and I see twelve thirty-four all the time. Like I always look down at the clock and it's twelve thirty-four. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then my other question for you is mm. how many digits of pi can you do? I can't do many. I can't I've do only many got five. at all. I can't 3.14159. Yep. 3.13.14159. That's yeah, six. Everyone can do. I think no, that's, that's do well, well, that's only five. If you don't count three. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, what? A, okay, man. I think I might be, I think I might have one more. I think it might be 3.141592. Is that correct? Let's see. I mean, there's it's you have a one in nine chance. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, we can do math. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Our our degrees aren't in the humanities. We can do mm-hmm. math. Yeah. Three one one four one five nine two. So I guess I can do pi to the sixth. Actually, to get my political science degree, I had to do a fair amount of math there. At the yeah. End. You got to do a, a good amount of statistics in that. Yeah. Hey, I got a I got a. I think an A minus in calculus in college. That sounds awful. Yeah. I yeah. took pre-calculus three times. Yeah, I also took pre-calculus But not because I failed. I took it twice in high school and then I yeah. took it again in college. Yeah, no, that's, that was, yeah. that was the easiest math they would let me take. The so easiest they would credit. let me take is calculus. Uh, get right. Because I, well, I was the fucking, I got the highest math placement score and they were like, hey, you should be in this. And I was like, hey. yeah, that was some horseshit at undergrad. They made you take the math placement test and they wouldn't let you take a math class for credit. That was like below Whoa. where you placed. They forced yeah. you. If I would have known that. I would have thrown the fucking test. Yeah. 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 Would have but... just said, give me a one, two or whatever. Yeah. No, they, uh, that, and they would, um, I was always annoyed because you, they had, you had to take up to a 112 of a foreign language credit, but like, unless you tested in real high, you had to start at 111. So it wasn't that you needed one for, it was like, you need one foreign language credit, but really you needed two. Right. Which, uh, Hey, here's a message to all schools everywhere. Two classes is not enough to learn a foreign language. Uh-uh. Uh, so either do do it all the way or not at all. What is the point? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's us ranting about academia. Um, yeah. Producer Corey, do you want to tell the fine folks at home where they can find us on the internet? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Pod. Follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, our individual accounts, Carson is at FunMovieZone. Caroline is at CK Cinema, and I am at Corey Reagan. Uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you would like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. Bam. Yay. Yay. Um, this is now officially, uh, I will say also, part one of our two-part Aronofsky series when we do Noah next season. Because yes. uh, I'm going to make you watch Noah. It's so fucking good. And it is so concerned with so much of the same stuff that this movie is concerned with. Well, because all of his shit is. Yeah. All of his shit is. To, again, to the point where you get to, where you get to Mother, which is just so, so goddamn obvious and metaphorical, but in a way that I I do find charming. I do think But in a way that so many people still are like, I don't know what Mother's about, like debate Mother, which I think is, I've never heard anybody I mean, I think that's important. And I mean, I think that like similar to this, I think that it's very... I don't think it's purposely ambiguous. I think it's very clear, but I do think a large part of having such an intense, uh, very insane metaphor is so that people can latch onto a hundred different things and throw all of their own bullshit on top of it. Like, I think that's very, 
I think that's I mean, very purposeful. And I think that that is in Mother, and I think that the movie is successful in that way. But I will counterpoint and say that, like, I think if you join the, uh, you know, the, you know, the fucking film academy of arts and sciences, uh, and they could either ask you, like, did you understand the time jumps in, um, uh, in fucking Little Women, or do you realize that Mother is about climate change? And if you like say no to either of those questions, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. Well, like, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, that having been said, um, Carson, do you want to know what we are doing next week? Yes. Um, an incredibly different film. Uh, one, oh man, it would be, uh, are there colors of, in this one? Many. Okay. Many, good. many, many. Cool, cool, cool. Um, there was still a lot of black. Um, okay. we are going to be watching, um, the Brian De Palma film, Phantom of the Paradise, which I'm very excited for you to watch. I'm also very excited. To I think watch you're going to dig the shit out of this movie. Yeah, I think so too. Probably. Yeah. Um, it is just, it is just a treat. So we will uh, see you all next week when we talk Phantom of the Paradise. See you next week. Mm-hmm.